AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. It is a tough start to the new year in the grain markets. Livestock futures are mixed with big gains in the cattle complex and modest losses in lean hogs. We eased into the new year yesterday on AgriTalk, but you haven't seen anything like easing into a new year like Congress is doing it, especially with a to-do list as long as it's dealing with. From 2024 via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning we begin with a conversation with our own Jim Wiesmeyer. Then it's Dr. Jim Mintert from Purdue University and directly following the news, Karen Bonert from Farm Journal's Milk. I'm a handsome newsman, Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. You're back, Davis. Happy welcome New Year, back. Buddy. Happy Woo-hoo. New Year, bud. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everything good? Everything's great. Really good. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Love to hear it. We've got kind of a, a, how am I going to say no to 29 degrees? Yeah, it's cloudy, but the wind's not blowing. Okay. We don't have a, you know, three foot of snow on the ground. Sure. How am I going to say no to this? I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and even if you did. I mean, try it. It's not going to help. It's not going <laughs> to no. change anything. No. You're stuck. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Looks Very like there's some snow uh, heading into the, uh, let's see, be the Ohio River Valley and up into the northeast mm-hmm. later this week that we're going to have to keep track of. That could be some, some tough conditions over there. But for the upper Midwest, Davis, mm-hmm. there just isn't a whole lot of precipitation in the outlook. Not at this point. Yeah, we're dry here in the uh, in the so, uh, midwestern subtropical region. Right, right. So I haven't even had a chance. Did you get everything that you wanted for Christmas? I did. I did. Wow. You know, all the children held hands and shared yeah. a Coca Cola and sang. Um, <laughs> and that was really all I all I've ever wanted. You know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> did you get seconds on the beef? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. And thirds and fourths. <laughs> All right. All right. That's fantastic. Good for you. You know, you got to look at what really counts, what really matters, don't you? Consumer demand for beef in this household has not backed off. (laughs) We're keeping an eye on it. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, no no doubt. Uh, If we keep track of beef demand at uh, at your place, my place, and Brian Grady's place, Oh, uh, if 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 you look at those three combined, if the beef demand starts to back down, then mm-hmm. we probably got some big problems. Out then there. we're in trouble. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. how we'll know. All right, buddy. Let's get to the news. I'm going to start with the National Weather Service weather outlook, which says a Pacific system will bring coastal and lower elevation rain and mountain snows to California and the Pacific Northwest Tuesday, spreading into the Great Basin and Southwest tomorrow. Moderate to locally heavy rainfall expected with showers and thunderstorms for portions of Texas and the Gulf Coast. Lake effect snows downwind from the Great Lakes over the next couple of days. Look out, South Bend, lake effect snows, Chip. Yeah, absolutely. And and down into the Ohio River Valley, that's what we were talking about. But this could be this could be a significant event for areas east of the Mississippi River. 
Well, Chip, all three major stock indices eased lower on the final trading day of 2023 in light trading volume. Despite the lower finish, all three notched solid gains for the year. The Dow was up 14 percent. S&P 500 gained 24 percent. And Chip, the Nasdaq rose 43 percent on the year. Yeah, right now we've got the Dow up slightly. The S&P 500 is down a bit. And the NASDAQ is down 243 points. So a uh, bit of a, you know, giving back some of that 43%. Yep. Well, the price of oil increased after a continuous decline over the past four trading sessions as Iran dispatches a warship to the Red Sea following an incident in which the U.S. Navy destroyed three Houthi boats. In response, the price of West Texas Intermediate crude futures surged by more than 2%, bringing it to a level above 73 bucks per barrel chip. We backed off slightly from yeah. there, uh, but there's some uh, some risk premium that uh, is sneaking into the crude oil. Yeah, as there should be. We'll talk more about what's going on in the in the Red Sea with Wiesmeyer coming up in the next segment. And now for a story that neither of us knows anything about. <laughs> Bitcoin <laughs> began the new year by scaling new heights, surpassing 45,000 for the first time since April 2022. Amid growing expectations, the SEC could approve a spot Bitcoin ETF as early as next week. See, I don't understand. See, the, the Bitcoin, part of the attraction is that it's an, mm -hmm. you know relatively unregulated market. Well, the addition of regulation to this market with an, with an mm -hmm. ETF, is making it more attractive? I don't know. I don't know either. California's Proposition 12 has officially become law, marking the culmination of over six years of political efforts by animal activists. Prop 12, which was passed by California voters in 2018, imposes strict regulations on the sale of food products derived from farm animals that are not raised according to specific standards. The USDA has modified a weekly report on hog marketings to show the premium that was being paid for hogs raised in compliance with animal confinement legislation. In late December, that premium was an average of $4.92 per 100 pounds. That is a number that we're going to have to track very closely to see if there is enough financial incentive to put enough uh, compliant pork out onto the market. Mm. Well, in December, China's official purchasing manager's index for the manufacturing sector fell to 49. That's down from 49.4 in November. This marks the third consecutive month the PMI has remained below the critical 50 uh, threshold. The services sector in China showed a similar trend. And finally here, Chip Tesla has lost its position as the world's most popular maker of electric vehicles to Chinese rival BYD. Over the past year, yeah. Tesla sold just shy of a half million EVs, while China's BYD sold around 3 million Chip. Yeah, not even close. Not even close. In, no. in the tally there. That's uh, that's the surprising thing about it. All right. Thank you, Davis. Let's you bring in Karen Bonert, editor of Farm Journal's Milk. Good morning, Karen. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chip. All right. Well, hopefully it will be a better New Year this year than what it was last year for some of the operations in the upper Midwest. Well, we're not off to a good start, Chip. Yeah. I mean... You know, it's not a new new surprise. The dairy industry is struggling. It's, you got $16 and $15 milk. It really doesn't cut it. I used to say that $20 milk is what we needed. Um, but with the inflation impact, it's more like $23. So farms are obviously losing money. Um, I found out that in Minnesota lost 58 dairy farms, uh, dairy farm permits, I should say, in November. So Minnesota milk tells me that there's a lot of noise in these numbers because um, they can be shifted a month early or late. But still, over 50 farms in December, in November, excuse me, hasn't happened since 2007. So the, 
I think what's happening, Chip, is that we're going to see, unfortunately, we're going to see more farms going out. When you look at a strong beef price and the uncertain milk futures, some of them are probably had a three to five year that plan that they were going to exit. And with the outlook the way it is, that's pushing them out some, uh, sooner. Yep. Yeah. The outlook the way that it is, plus what they can get for those cows into the coal market. Yeah. It It's uh, that. Well, Hanging on longer is just losing equity, you know, and we had programs like DMC and DRP that paid out well this past year, but, but for most producers, it still was a struggle. And so unfortunately, when you look at the class three prices for early part of 2024, it's not good. So it's adding pressure. So there's a lot of conversations happening around the kitchen table on what, what's the outlook of our farm. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in many cases, those conversations are not going to be, Happy conversations, no question. Unfortunately, no. Yep, that's right. Karen, good stuff. Thank you so much for that perspective. Uh, Happy New Year, and we'll keep up, all right? Right. Thanks, Tim. All right. Karen Boner, editor of Farm Journal's Milk. Speaking of keeping up, we are going to do just that with everything that happened over the weekend. And we're going to lay out a schedule for the next several weeks. We got Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst, next. Here on Agritalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. You suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk. Glad that you are with us on this first day of trade, first day of work in 2024. January 2nd, 2024. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Launching right into it uh, with Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Hey, Happy New Year, Jim. Happy New Year. I'm tired. I watched that Washington, Texas great yeah. game last night. Yeah, I watched that one too. I <laughs> I didn't know how that one was going to end up there at the very end. I, I kind of figured that Texas was going to find a way to put the ball in the end zone, but didn't get her done. I liked both teams. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it was a more fun game to watch than a game that, you know, quite frankly, I think a lot of people really didn't want any either team to win in the Bama-Michigan game. <laughs> Yeah, and unbelievable, the Alabama coach, who, of course, is famous, I think he made a couple bad calls. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it, it it was an interesting game. That final play of that, that Bama ran was kind of a head-scratcher. It, it really was in regulation, in regulation. Yes, so, yes. Yep, yep. Uh, did you learn anything from the NFL? 
Well, Dallas shouldn't have won their game. It's the referees. The NFL referees have to regroup. They've been very bad this year. Yeah. Yeah. But Baltimore is Oh, Baltimore. Yeah, they're 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 on a surge. Yeah, they're the team going into the playoffs that's going to be the team to beat. So, uh, and you know, the Niners came back after a a uh, rough outing in the last game and and did really well out there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good weekend. Good weekend for for sitting back and taking in the sports and and taking in a little bit of beef, huh? Oh, a lot of beef. I've I made an eight pound pot roast. <laughs> Didn't eat it all though. But we yeah. also had a week, a long weekend of international events, Chip. Yes. Uh, that's got big focus on the markets now. Right, right. So let let's start with the latest that you're hearing, and I want to start with the the happenings from the weekend. Uh the latest that you're hearing from Japan, because that seven point six percent seven point six magnitude earthquake it it uh <laughs> obviously it it got the market's attentions uh yes and because uh, it could spread you know something yeah. like that has economic uh, damage and of course and that can get into the world economy which is so important to trade that's right you know you, you know that's the bottom line right there yeah yeah any what else from the hot spots that are out there ukraine the middle east well, on the Middle East, it's Iran dispatched, uh, although it's an aging warship, they did dispatch one to the Red Sea, Chip. Uh, that tells me uh, th- that'll give the Houthis uh, even more uh, a spirit uh, to continue their dastardly ways there. So we're not, we're, you know, we're not out of the woods on this one. The U.S. must have a better response against the uh, Houthis, and they're not yet. Yeah. Well, the U.S. did take some uh, take out some of the hoodie uh, pirate ships, I would call them. Yeah, three of them, but, but yeah. it just it's it's just not enough. Most most of the analysts on at all levels, Chip, uh, are are saying not enough. They we just need to be more aggressive because they'll keep challenging. Yeah. Okay. They're they're not back yet. Congress is not back yet. But let's go ahead and jump to this. One of the first things they're going to take up uh, is is whether or not there's going to be additional spending support for uh, for Israel, right? Yeah. The, well, you still have that's linked for both Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan. But yeah. it's linked to a controversial language that the Republicans in the Senate are not backing off of. Uh, chip. They want a significant uh, uh, border security language, not just funding. And it looks like they have leverage on this one. I think it'll eventually uh, go, Chip. I think uh, there will be some funding uh, approved and the Republicans may not get everything they want, but uh, even the White House is starting to signal compromise on this issue. So yes, I think they'll get that done. Okay. What so the the compromise language on the border what exactly does that mean does it mean enforcing the laws that are already on the books some of them but not all they won't go that far yet uh uh but some asylum language uh and and other aspects to keep more of these uh migrants uh out out of the US and in and say in Mexico and you saw that that uh, meeting uh, with top uh, Biden administration officials in Mexico uh, last week, I guess it was. Yes. 
but that didn't go well here in the United States because they even talked amnesty for all these uh, illegals that have come in over the last year or two. And that's a big number, dude. It's a big, big number. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Um, again, over so the let's weekend, put the, the market significance to the, to the mid East one, as you saw, although it goes up and down all the time, but U S crude oil and Brent, Brent oil really surged initially, uh, uh, on the developments chip. So, so it's got the market attention. Yeah, it certainly does. And, and like Davis said in the news, crude oil is backed well off of the highs. February contract is now down 60 cents, uh, down at 71.05. This crude oil market, the willingness to discount uh, some of the happenings that that are taking place in the Middle East, I don't I don't know if it's uh, if it's just kind of arrogance of the market or just confidence that none of this is going to turn into a global issue for crude oil movement. I it it's uh, I'm surprised that the market isn't reacting more than what it is well let's hope they're they're right because yeah. this thing is fraught with uh, some unintended consequences and accidents can happen right okay prop 12 is in full implementation as of today correct uh yes absolutely and we've got a link to fact sheets on that california put out on that on proformer.com chip but uh uh this is just another signal here where the pork industry uh, which you know, fought this in the Supreme Court level. Yeah. They really needed basically the, uh, the 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 Supreme Court, as we said last week on AgriTalk, told uh, Congress, "Hey, this is not our issue. We don't want to discuss the price of and availability of pork chops in any state. Uh, right. If it's if you want to change it, go through Congress." The problem with that is, is they waited too late. The industry waited too late, both the NPPC and, 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 and Farm Bureau. And now it's a very controversial thing where a number of states, California and Massachusetts is not the only one. There's probably 12 other states that have similar laws either on the books or about to be on the books, Chip. Well, and, you know, we're talking about interstate commerce and the hope or the idea was that a an offset to Prop 12 or Massachusetts Q3 would be included in a farm, you know, the final farm bill. Well, Jim, it looks to me like odds are growing that we're not going to see a farm bill even in 2024. No, I think that they're really high that we will not see it. And and for, for a multitude of reasons, we still have the same issues, Chip. They need additional funding. They can't find enough to really ad adequately improve Title I safety net. Two is that you have you know, issue disagreements on food and nutrition, conservation areas, where to have the funding offsets. And now you have politics thrown into it because mm -hmm. House Democrats increasingly believe that they may regain control of the House after 2024 elections. So, you know, they're going to slow walk this. Right, right. A lot of work to get done before... Um deadlines of february 19 excuse me january 19 and february 2 are they going to get it done or are we going to be looking at at least a partial government shutdown 
uh, I want to see what their demeanor is when they come back to see if uh, their constituencies, if if they had the uh, time to even listen to them out in 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 the district. I'm talking really about the House. Problem is in the House, Chip. And I'm not going to rule out a government shutdown. I think it would be stupid. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, this is a Doolittle Congress for for sure. And uh, so we don't know. February the uh, January 19th is uh, four <laughs> departments, including USDA funding, and the one on uh, on February 2nd is eight departments. Uh, the yeah. the vast majority. Uh, it's it's a jump ball right now, and I don't usually say that, Chip. I want to hear lawmakers once they come back. And they come back a week from today. Is that right? The Senate, uh, January the 8th, the House, uh, January the 9th. Yes. So they got 10 total calendar days to get this <laughs> stuff done. Yeah, unless for, you for have another kick the can down the road. Yeah, watch it. It's uh, a lot of question marks, Chip. Okay, buddy, we'll stay in touch and uh, sure. try to figure out what's going to happen. Thanks. That is sure. pro-farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. What's the attitude among growers out there? We'll find out from Dr. Jim Minter from Purdue University next. So, time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Let's welcome back ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Hey, buddy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chip. Yeah. Tough way to start the new year in this grain trade. Yeah, not so happy for the grain markets, that's for sure. Uh, you know, just the soy complex is really getting hammered here. Uh, losses of more than 20 cents in, in soybeans. Uh, meal market, $7, $8 lower. Uh, soy oil, more than 60 points lower. And, and so, you know, a lot of that is uh, coming on outside market pressures. Um, crude oil, which was uh, sharply higher earlier on, is now sharply lower. And, and uh and then the the situation in Brazil, and, and we all know that the, the damage that's been done, um, but this is a weather market and, and weather seems to be improving a little bit. That'll help some of the later maturing soybeans and, and uh, you know, the market is reacting here and, and gap lower uh, in the soybean futures and, and uh, just kind of a washout at the moment. Yeah, before we get to the cattle, we got to talk corn real quick. Yeah, corn, uh, it, it's under pressure as well, as, as is the uh, wheat market. So both of them are, are taking spillover pressure, um, not only from outside markets, but also the soy complex, like I mentioned. And that is having an impact on the cattle complex. Yeah, well, uh, cattle trading sharply to the upside here and, uh, you know, so strong gains to kick off the new year. So completely uh, uh, opposite uh, of what the, the grain and soy markets are doing. And uh, we've seen the actual buyer interest build uh, through mid-morning here. And uh, so a really strong performance here to kick off the new year. The hog market uh, started with a little bit of a firmer tone, uh, but now is trading moderately to sharply lower at mid-morning, and, and so narrowing up the uh, the premiums that the futures hold to the cash index. Okay, Brian Grady will be our guest this afternoon on AgriTalk. Be sure you come back for that. That's Brian Grady on Markets Now. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. 
It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. AgriTalk. Hey, Davis, you know, it's never too late to do just a little bit more looking back. If, really? If we can uh-huh. learn something. From what we oh, are oh. looking back at about right. how the markets and the industry might perform in the future. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I like think that. we can do that. I think we can do that. We Dr. ought to James at least Minter. try. We're yeah. here. <laughs> let's let's give it a shot. Dr. James Mintert is a Purdue University ag economist. He is the director of the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture, who, along with uh, Dr. Uh, Langemeyer, over there at Purdue and the CME Group, puts out the monthly uh, ag economy barometer. And uh, the details of the barometer were released this morning, but that is for December. And to talk about it now is uh, Dr. Jim Minter. Jim, welcome back. Happy New Year, Chip. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, wow. Kind of a uneventful update to the report this time, isn't it? Well, farmer sentiment was pretty stable when you compare it to November. Um, I think maybe the better comparison, though, is to think about what took place during the fall. And that was kind of what you were kind of referencing, I guess, there at the start, looking backwards a little bit. Farmer sentiment bottomed out in September and then actually recovered, uh, you know, a significant recovery as we moved through the fall quarter. So closing out the year at 114 no change from November, but certainly better than we were back in September. I think if you look at the current condition index um, from September to December, it was up 14 percent. Um, and I think that reflects something we've been talking about for some time. Farm income in 2023 at the end of the year turned out probably better than people thought yeah. it was going to be in late summer, uh, both from a yield perspective and at least uh for some of the crop that got sold at, at some of the stronger prices, not, re- right. not notwithstanding what took place this morning, obviously. Right. Right. But it, it, it was mostly more bushels than what they anticipated. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. And, and I think the other thing you and I've talked about in the past is the fact that you had a, a stronger yield, uh, a better experience driving the combine, for example, than you expected that does kind of boost sentiment right it it i you and i know that from our own experience farming and i think when i talk to farmers that's one of the things that comes out to the fact that yields were better just makes people feel a little bit better about what took place in 2023 and i think our sentiment index picked that up yeah yeah i think that's right you know it one of the unique things that we can do at the end of the year is compare year to year on how the uh on how the index and 
and former attitudes might have changed. Take us back to December of 22. How have things, how do things line up? So the overall sentiment index is lower. It was down, uh, I think, about a dozen points compared to December of 22. And if you think about it, farm income in 2023, although better than we thought it was going to be in late August, for example, right. when USDA issued their one of their uh, farm income forecast, still lower than what it was in 2022. And 2022 right. was record high. So the fact that the sentiment index is down compared to a year earlier makes a lot of sense. That showed up as well with respect to lower values for both the um, current condition index and, and the sentiment for future expectations as well. Farm financial performance is, is kind of interesting. If you go back to 2022, uh, again, we're down about, I think, roughly a dozen points. Uh, last year, it was 109. This year, 97. But again, as we talked earlier, that sentiment index with respect to farm financial performance actually bottomed out back in May at a reading of 76. So it's actually substantially stronger than what people thought earlier in the year. You compare it to September, it was 86. So we're up about 11 points compared to September um, mm -hmm. So th that's really the shift that we're seeing. I think people expected to see a worse year than what they thought, uh, than what actually happened here in 2023. 2023 yeah. is not as good as 2022. But if you look at it from a historical perspective, it's still a good farm income year. And I think yeah. our survey is kind of picking that up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. For the row crop producers out there, 23 was a bit of a transition year. But those those bushels coming in or the yields coming in better than what they feared they might be uh it, it added a little cushion to the transition year is that safe to say yeah that's a good way to look at it i mean we're walking into 2024 with expectations for reduced farm income uh relative to 2023 uh, but we're walking into it with a strong balance sheet coming off a pretty good income year uh people are still in a pretty positive position and I think, you know, when we start thinking about major assets, for example, farmland and thinking about people's longer term farmland outlook, you know, one of the things that probably is coming into play is what uh, in the stock market is sometimes referred to as the wealth effect. Mm -hmm. And I think we've got a pretty positive wealth effect in yep. agriculture right now with respect to how strong people's balance sheets are. And that translating into uh, not only sentiment, but also maybe economic activity going forward. Yeah. I hope that wealth effect continues for consumers, for consumers through 2024, because when we look at the consumer resiliency and what they've been able to do for beef demand in particular, I think that can really help out that beef market. But the livestock guys in general, they got to be a little wild eyed going into 2024, don't they, Jim, because of the pressure on dairy, the pressure on hogs and the uncertainty in cattle. Yeah, I think especially the hog sector. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, 2023, probably the worst year on record uh, for hog producers. Uh, uh, the losses have been horrific. On the cattle side, you know, the interesting thing there is the weakness we saw late in the year. But I still look at what's taken place going forward these next two years. I still think the highest prices for fed cattle are still ahead of us. Wow. We haven't turned the corner in terms of rebuilding the herd. And that's typically when we see the biggest rebound or biggest bounce in cattle prices. So I think from a longer term perspective, there's still some good reasons to be optimistic about cattle, uh, even though things were kind of tough here in the fourth quarter of, of 2023. Okay. Okay. What do farmers think about spending some money on the operation? 
So, you know, if you think about our farm capital investment index, not a lot of movement there. I think that index uh, came closed the year out at 43. Last year at this time, it was at 40. Two years ago at this time, it was 49. You go back to 2020 and that index was all the way up at 93. So yeah. people are not feeling as positive as they were in late 2020, early 2021 with respect to farm capital investments. Uh, but again, it's been an improvement. You know, if you go back uh, uh, to the low point of that index here, just a little over a year ago, that index was down all the way to uh, a reading of 30. So we're up 13 yeah. points compared to that. It's also climbed a little bit here during the fall. So people are feeling a little bit better about that. Um, and as you look at it, you know, one of the shifts that's taken place when we talk to the people who say it's a good time to make farm investments, and that's a minority of the people in the survey. I think this month it was right around 30% of the people in the survey. Mm -hmm. They're starting to point to some differences there. They're starting to say it's a good time because they're seeing an increase in the inventories on dealer lots, uh, which suggests that maybe there's some better deals out there, some better opportunities to negotiate some prices. So people are starting to focus on that a little bit. The other thing that's interesting, um, you know, interest rates, about a third of the people in our survey say they think yeah. interest rates are going to decline during 2024. And of course, that'd right. be positive for investments as well. Yeah. Yeah, I it, it it might make some of that spending in the first part of the year a a little lower as they wait for those those interest rate cuts later in the year, right? Well, that could happen, but I think the probably the bigger factor is do I need okay. it? Uh do I want to use yep, it in 2024? Yep. And if I do, it's available, which is something that wasn't true the last couple of years, right? The last couple Great of years point. it was kind of like put your name on the dotted line and we'll we'll call you when it's ready. <laughs> That's right. That is exactly right, man. So it, it, it that that is very true. It it uh the interest rates are working with some of the intentions that are out there. I that's that's a good way of looking at it. Uh, you mentioned farmland values very briefly earlier. Any changes in the, the long or short-term outlook? So if you look at the short-term index, that index really hasn't changed much for about the last roughly six months. It's been bouncing around about 125, 126. That's down a little bit compared to last year. I think the reading last year was 129. Two years ago, it was at 157. If you look at the responses to the question, not just the index itself, you can start to see a little bit of what's going on there. And there has been a little bit of a change over time with respect to what that index is doing on its own. Um, more people, not a large percentage, but more people are telling us that they think farmland values could actually go down in the upcoming year. And if you look at it, especially over these last couple of years, we've clearly lost confidence in the idea that short-term increases in farmland value are going to take place because the percentage of people saying they expect to see values go up in the next 12 months has been drifting lower for these last couple of years. And, and that's really continuing unabated. Longer term, people seem, remain relatively optimistic. Um, and, you know, if you can think about it from a five-year perspective, that makes a lot of sense. That's that's essentially the pattern that's been in place for most of the time since world the end of World War II. Yeah. Yeah. The working capital that, that they've got in their pocket is going to have an influence on that. And obviously the the emotion it, it's so hard to quantify the emotion of the land market because if it becomes available the, the attitude is well this is going to be my last chance to buy that piece of ground 
Yeah, and, and we're walking in with a strong balance sheet. And I think those strong yeah. balance sheets have a tremendous impact on what people are willing to do with respect to farmland values. So I think, you know, if you're looking for something that would maybe cause a change in attitude, it would be to see some weakening in that farm balance sheet combined with softer income levels. And that would probably put some pressure on farmland values. Um, right now, it looks like maybe stagnant. Um and you know, longer term, if if we do see farmland in, or farm incomes tighten, uh, you know, I still think we could be looking at a top in farmland values, but it doesn't seem to be showing up anytime real soon. Gotcha, gotcha, Jim. We sure appreciate these monthly conversations with you, and and we look forward to them through all of twenty four. Thanks, Chip. Appreciate the opportunity, and happy New Year to everyone. Yeah, happy New Year to you as well. That is Dr. James Minter, Purdue University Ag Economist. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. chickens have come home to roost find out whose fence they're perched on today on agritalk welcome back to agritalk everyone and happy new year chip yeah happy man. new year happy buddy new year. thank you thank you yeah. thank you happy new year to you man um i don't know if you noticed uh i wasn't around last week you were gone i was gone i was on, gone. Uh, on yes we noticed on vacay um yeah. A bit of serendipity that we have some time in this fourth and final segment here that I can maybe share something with the listeners. Do you think they'd be interested? Fantastic. I've put together something uh, that just sort of outlines. It's a window into that week. Okay? Okay. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and roll that. I think so. I lost track of the time with the tinsel and the mistletoe. Having a fine time. Big days ahead. But first, a long nap on the couch. So I set up the train, hung a sock on a nail, and I looked through the cards people sent in the mail. It all felt pretty good. And as far as I knew, it was the first day after Christmas. That's I'm not sure about Spent more time inside than out Via 
Farm Journal broadcast. Gotta get back, shape it up a little, get the story straight from the front through the middle. Put down the eggnog, hold on to your cheer, top off the coffee, forget the reindeer. This is 2024, and who knows what it's for, but we'll find out together. It's the first day after New Year's. So that's kind of how it went. Nice. Well, it sounds like it was very active. It was very active, yeah. Those long talks with the dog. They're important. Oh, yeah. You got to take time for what's important during the holidays. Absolutely. Good stuff, man. I admit, I wasn't always exactly sure what day it was. (laughs) That's all right. That's okay. That's that's right. That's Uh okay. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Having said that. Uh, dude, did, did you say, well, they're probably not going to be a farm bill in 2024 either. Did I hear, was that yeah. part of the conversation with Weisman? Yeah. Did I hear that yeah. right? Come yes, on. you did. Come on. Yes, you did. That is, um, the momentum behind no farm bill in 24 picked up steam big time last week. Uh, we had Senator Roger Marshall from Kansas on the show. I believe that was on Thursday. Asked him about the potential for getting a farm bill done on in 2024. And he almost laughed at me, Davis. Ooh. Yeah. I don't, I don't uh, like well, I don't think we're probably going to get that done. We can get a better farm bill done with a Republican majority in the Senate anyway, oh, is what geez. he said. Okay. Is what hmm. he said. Yeah. So it. <laughs> It, it looks like it attempting, attempting a new to to complete the farm bill process in twenty four. It looks like it's rather low priority, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, That's a shame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not going to make farm state lawmakers very happy, but I guess what no. can you do? Well, and it's the uncertainty of it all. Yeah. It, it, it really is. I mean, we are going to talk about some new risk management policies from RMA and and efforts that are underway at Risk Management Agency to provide some additional uh, risk management tools mm-hmm. for the year ahead. We're going to have that conversation tomorrow morning on the show ahead of the Farmer Forum. But uh, uh, I, I think that if we could get the farm bill done with an improved safety net, I know that takes more dollars, Mm -hmm. but with an improved safety net and get away from the ad hoc disaster like ERP and, and PARP and all of that stuff. If we could just get away from that. And this is the message every Every time a new farm bill is considered, we need to get away from the ad hoc. Mm-hmm. They 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 make the attempt, but some somehow some way halfway through it gets gets waylaid and and you know the 2018 farm bill it wasn't even halfway through. It was here comes the market facilitation facilitation program payments uh, after after President Trump hammered down on China. And and uh, China retaliated against U.S. soybeans. So it's uh, it, it is a process that they want to get done. Title one is a big issue, but of course, nutrition that is an even bigger issue mm. going into uh, 2024. Yeah. Um, 
unless you're a cattle, we're kind of off to a rough start here. I'm even look. We we were talking about crude at the top of the show here. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the February contract off of buck fourteen now at seventy fifty one. The March at seventy seventy six. Uh, corn down eight seven six cents. Yep. Soybeans down double digits. Meal and oil lower twenty five to thirty cents. Uh, dude. Um. <laughs> so let's talk about cattle a little bit. Look at this run we're having here. Yeah. Just to start off the start off well, the week here. You know, last week we made the comment that it felt like cattle and even feeder cattle were coiling the spring mm-hmm. with that very narrow sideways trading range. And as the market continued to build resistance in the February contract at seven at one seventy, mm-hmm. everybody's attitude suddenly turned from well, it, it turned from we can't get through one seventy to when we do get through one seventy, we're gonna open up some significant upside potential. Well, here we are. We got the February contract one seventy two, twenty two and a half, and plenty of good momentum to the upside in that live cattle market here this morning. Awesome. Awesome. Oh. We'll take it. All right, buddy. Hey, we're off and running. We are. Was, did it feel painless? Was it okay? It felt so good. good. It felt so right. Good. Well, <laughs> we are going to continue the conversation about the cattle market. And I'm sure that, that Brian Grady is going to want to spend quite a bit of time talking about what's happening in livestock trade. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that this afternoon. Tomorrow morning, as I said, we've got RMA Administrator Marsha Bunger on. And, of course, we'll have the Farmer Forum, the first Farmer Forum of 2024 coming your way tomorrow right here on Agritalk.